Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Blessings, peace, and blessings in the name of the Most High God, the all wise, true, and living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the architect of the universe, and all that is in between. I'm your co host, Brother Yusuf Muhammad, along with Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, my more than capable co host. We are eternally grateful for this opportunity to come before you this week on the 19th day of November, the year 2021, to welcome you to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm honored to greet you in the greeting words of peace and the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. And to our listening audience who may not be familiar with that greeting, I simply said in Arabic, which is, it means in English, peace be unto you. And the return greetings is to unto you be peace in English. It's actually a prayer. You know, me recognizing the spiritual deity in you, and if you return the greetings to me, likewise. 
So we thank you and we welcome our first-time listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For those who are consistent and constant, uh, pardon the background call, however, you know, we all multitask on this program. But uh, to the first-time listeners, once again, welcome, welcome, welcome. To our consistent and constant listeners, we thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence as we welcome you to another weekly edition. Praise be to the Most High, God of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, a program that wants you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. As the gospel singer uh, Hezekiah Walker would sing, we need you to survive. This program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision here is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility, and I'll make it personal, understand our personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, ourselves, their family, my family, their neighbors, my neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Once again, we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you, as we look forward to hearing from our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. Uh, For those who missed last week's program, we were blessed to have as guests former mayor of Flint, Michigan, Sister Dr. Karen Weaver, and the founder of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative Incorporated, our dear brother, Brother Captain Dennis Muhammad. We were grateful to have them speak on the water crisis, not only in Flint giving us an update of the landscape, but unfortunately that calamity, that travesty has traveled to other communities, both in the state of Michigan and across the U.S. Uh, Benton Harbor with Mayor Brother Mayor Marcus Muhammad at the helm, uh, or whether it's our dear Brother Mayor Ross Baraka in Newark. You know, these uh, reports are coming too often of the high lead content, the poison that's in the water. And so, you know, what we try to do here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is, one, expose you to information that may not be exposed on mainstream media. We attempt to give you news with views you can use. And beyond me speaking in rhyme, but it is the truth, 
we want to look at solution-based uh, initiatives. We don't just want to inform you of the travesties that's going on, thus, you know, disaster awareness before community preparedness, disaster awareness for community preparedness. You have to become aware before you can become prepared. And so whether or not we're talking about viruses or vaccines, whether we're talking about fire safety education or uh, fitness and health, whether we're talking about community risk reduction, which, you know, that might be a new term for many of us, but community risk reduction is defined by a process to identify and prioritize local risk, followed by the integrated and strategic investment of resources, meaning emergency response and prevention, to reduce their occurrence and impact. That's community risk reduction. We say here on disaster awareness for community preparedness, as is oftentimes indicated on the trailers of movies in the movie theater. They oftentimes show you the trailer and then they say it's coming to a city near you soon. And we say the same thing about disasters. It's coming if it hasn't already come to a city near you soon, to a community near you soon, to a household near you soon. Thus, that's why we are eternally grateful and we thank Black Hole Radio for giving us this opportunity to share the update of the landscape of what comes across our screen from Friday to Friday. We try to broadcast live every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash black hole radio, black hole radio, hole spelled W-H-O-L-E, radio.com, and then forward slash disaster awareness for community preparedness to get you on and log us in. We encourage you to call a friend, call family, tap into your a network and database uh, to let them know of what we think is the most important program. It may not be in terms of the information we share or the dialogue, uh, sexy conversation, if you will, sexy narrative, but we, 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 we get you the information and we do it with levity as well because it's so serious, Brother Rudolph Muhammad having over 30 years of experience in the emergency medical services, uh, a veteran of the U.S. Navy. Um, He's still working with boots on the ground. And myself, with 30 years of experience in the fire service and rescue profession and industry, and I'm still staying relevant with the networking that I've done in the past 40 years as it relates to fire safety education, as it relates to emergency medical services, 
as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness. I want to give a shout-out to one of our former guests, Brother Chief Leonard Carmichael, Jr., a former chief, fire chief of the Trenton, New Jersey Fire Department, but he since moved on up to uh, FEMA, and uh, him holding a regional position in FEMA is a priceless contact for me to have, and I just thank him We in our service because anything, just like life itself, can happen at any time. Uh, many of us occasionally just call each other as a courtesy call, as a wellness check, and with us still being engaged in the pandemic, some of us have chosen to d- take the vaccines and others of us have not. It's just a good feeling to get a call from someone just calling you to see how you're doing, see how your family's doing. And since this is a solutions-based program, let's start with that. Let's call up somebody we haven't spoken to in a while, whether it's our family members, our close friends, friends we have made along the way that just give them a call. Courtesy check, wellness check, courtesy call, seeing how they're doing because, of course, none of us have promised our next breath. But with the statistics being what they are, what we receive in terms of the pandemic, it even means more to someone who receives a call, whether it's a friend of yours or whether it's an elder, an elder. Think how good you're going to make that elder feel. Just giving them a call. Just giving them a call. We wouldn't be here if we weren't standing on the shoulders of those who came before us, trailblazers, pioneers, elders. It reminds me of an African proverb that says, anytime a elder makes transition or passes away, a library burns down. And so we need to call our elders, let them know, that their life was uh, not in vain. Let them know we can still extract wisdom from them. You know, it reminds me, brothers and sisters, you know, I, 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 I like music, as many of you probably do as well, and whether I name myself a musicologist or just someone in love with lyrics. It reminds me of the gospel song, Uh, If I can help somebody As I travel along If I can help somebody With a word or song If I can help somebody As they're passing along Or traveling wrong Then my living Shall not be in vain So give someone a call Whether it's a friend A family member Or an elder That's disaster awareness for community preparedness. You know, I say this at the end of most of our shows, that even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. So here we are at 4.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Feel free to call in at 563-999-3000. 
563-999-3089. Again, the number is 563-999-3089. And I gave you the logon number, blog talk radio forward slash black hole radio, whole spelled W-H-O-L-E, both.com forward slash disaster awareness for community preparedness. If you're calling from a phone, press the number one on your phone pad and you'll be brought into the studio with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. And then we can carry on because this is certainly not a monologue from Brother Yusuf. And when Brother Rudolph comes on, if it be the will of Almighty God, he's going to encourage you to do the same thing to call in. When you talk about disaster awareness for community preparedness, it'll be very difficult for you to escape these dynamics. First of all, all levels of people activity will be exposed and impacted when it comes to disaster. Well, what do you mean by that, Brother Yusuf? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. I mean whether it's entertainment, education, economics, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, or war. When disaster impacts you, your family, your community, your city, your county, your state, the United States of America, or any other country internationally, all those areas of people activity will be affected. So that's one thing that you you, you must keep in mind. Two is, on your behalf, you have to consider the six P's of proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance. I know what you say. You say like the people said during the uh, FEMA uh, survey a couple of years ago on partnerships, and they asked the question, how do we overcome barriers to perceive preparedness? How do we overcome barriers to perceive preparedness. So it's like this, based on that study of the demographers and the demographics of age and race and gender, uh, that um, were 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 a part of this survey. Seventeen percent believed getting information was too difficult. 17% of the people believe getting information is too difficult. Well, if you tune in every Friday to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, well, that eliminates that for you and our listening audience. Then the survey said 18% don't think they have time to prepare. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of that bumper stick I used to see that says, if you think education is expensive, then try ignorance. That's right. 
if you think education is expensive, then try ignorance. Don't put your head in the sand and act as though you don't have time to prepare. You have all the time there is. You just have to take the time. As it says in uh, certain schools of thought, if you take one step toward God, he'll take two toward you. It's the same thing with disaster preparedness. The other thing in this particular survey that FEMA put together on partnerships, 24% said they don't know how to get prepared. Well, once again, here we are to serve you. We we, we, we serve you in the context of, <laughs> you know, I hate to be a quotologist, but I like to make points. And there's a certain quote that says, Service to humanity is the rent you pay to occupy your space on earth. So Brother Rudolph and I are just trying to serve you so we can occupy our space on earth. And every Friday we come before you, praise be to Allah, when we can, and we try to stay consistent. That's critically important, particularly when you're talking about disaster preparedness. every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And lastly, uh, the question was on how do we overcome barriers to perceived preparedness. 26% said believing preparedness is too expensive. And I gave you that quote about education, but try ignorance and see how that is. But when disaster strikes, I don't care if you get a paper cut and you don't have a Band-Aid, that's critically important. And you know how we multitask. Suppose we get a paper cut while eating. You know I used to do eat them french fries with the salt on it, or eat anything for that matter with the salt on it. And if that gets in the womb and you don't have a Band-Aid, then, I mean, they're, they're viable alternatives, but you, you, you certainly want to clean any cut that begins bleeding and then put a Band-Aid on it. So let's be prepared, brothers and sisters, as best we can. Again, we look forward to hearing from you and our brother, Lord willing, inshallah. Brother Rudolph will be coming into the uh, studio to welcome you and share with us what has come through his screen this past week. Brother Rudolph, are you with us, sir? Well, let us be patient. I know when the time is right, Brother Rudolph will certainly be with us. So anybody who's involved with disaster preparedness, um, it's four basic things we want you to consider. Whether you are a novice, you don't know anything about it, uh, you have to ask yourself the question, where will you be when disaster strikes? You could be anywhere, depending on it being a hurricane, a tornado, mudslides. I know you've been watching the news that uh, uh, up in Seattle, the northwest of the country, they have flooding and mudslides, whether it's wildfires, which they're now having wildfires in that same area. 
So where yes, will sir. you be when disaster strikes? I hear the voice of choice I did, brother, brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. I'll make my point, and I'll get out the way so brother Rudolph can share with us what the Most High has blessed him to give us as we proceed to give you what you need. So it's four basic things, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to consider. Number one, get informed. Right. Number two, and you're doing that now while you're on this program, but then there are other avenues by which you can get informed, whether it's social media, whether it's YouTube, whether it's uh, the CERT teams in your area, CERT, C-E-R-T, Community Emergency Response Teams, whether or not it's the local fire department or the American Red Cross, there are many other uh, avenues by which we can get informed as it relates to preparing yourself, ourselves, and our families. So number one, to get informed. Number two, a plan. You know the old cliche, those who fail to plan, plan to those who plan to fail. Critically important. It sounds simple, but make a plan. And if you have any problems, keep tuning into Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and we'll assist you in that. Number three, develop a survival kit. Again, once you get informed, once you make a plan, then you'll have an idea of a survival kit for your home, a survival kit for your means of transportation, your car, your truck, your SUV, means of uh developing a kit for you may even have elders in your home, and certainly they might be able to carry something to help out with the overall scheme of the family and survival, but yourself, get in shape, health and fitness, that you might carry as much as you can carry, and then don't forget the children. The children have a responsibility as well once you develop that survival kit that whether you develop one for the home, for your means of transportation, for your job, for your school, then, again, as my biological father would say, the life you save might be your own. So, again, get informed, make a plan, develop a survival kit, and then periodically assess your plan and your survival kit all right, because certain uh, products may have an exploration date attached to it, but that's just keeping you on your toes, if you will, the best you can. So should disaster strikes, then you know you will have made an effort, you would have made an effort, and then you realize, last but not least, when you talk about community risk reduction, it's just not individuals. It's individuals that come together as a group, community, right? Unity in the community for real, for real, when disaster strikes. So let us make this an investment. Let us get involved, and then you'll understand the importance of partnership when disaster strikes. So thank you for listening to me in this first few minutes. And since our dear brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad is here, let me 
Back up out your way, brother Rudolph. The floor is yours, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, brother. No, you're never in the way, brother. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing at the time you're supposed to be doing it, how you're supposed to be doing it. So you're right on time, sir. Dealing with disasters, you know, you have on time. If you're late, you're in trouble. If you're too early, you could be in trouble. You must be on time. All praises due to Allah. First of all, thanking Almighty God, Allah, for appearing to us in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, for raising up the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and for empowering, enlightening, blessing, protecting, installing, and definitely inspiring the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to step up, to stand up, and to be the voice of correction, to speak truth to power in this day and time to be the uh, the modern-day Moses, so to speak, <laughs> going before the Pharaoh of this day and telling him, let people go. But, you know, that that's just how I see it, okay? That's just me and my weird, quirky way of viewing reality. You know, you you five people look at the same incident, and you'll get six different opinions, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, again, we thank the grand architect of the universe, the almighty, ever-living, subsidizing creator, the omnipotent, omnipresent one that is responsible for all that was, is, and ever will be. We thank him for allowing us another opportunity to come together in his wonderful creation called life. You know, I'm a bit naive because, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that every day above ground is a blessed day. It's another day to correct a, a problem, and it's another day to try and get it right because we're always, always, playing catch-up in this life because we can never get ahead in this life because so many have given their life and gone before us, and we stand on their shoulders. So, you know, it's like this slogan that says, pay it forward, not pay it back. You can never pay it back. That's right. You have to pay, pay it forward. forward. But paying it forward is also, you know, somewhat like, making an investment in your own future. How can a man live forever when we're human and moral and the uh, 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 um, physical reality of our bodies will pass away? Well, that person will live forever by the deeds that are done or the seeds that he plants and cultivates. Look at the trees. You think the trees sprout sprouted up overnight? No. Some of these, some of those redwood trees in the redwood forest have been there for eons of time. And if they could speak, which they can, if you could speak the language of botany, uh, then you would understand that 
they've been there through antiquity. Well, it's like that with human beings as well. How do we have these stories of people who have gone on before us? Their stories are told down throughout the annals of time because they've done something to impress upon society and someone thought it was worthy their story should live on and in their story living on they live on so this is what we are trying to do and then you know there's the other piece you know and this is the corny piece that you know that's what they say nowadays you know this is the corny piece uh you know we're really really not doing any of that what are we really doing Man, I know myself and I can speak for Brother Yusuf. We trying to make up for the damage and hurt and stuff that was done in our ignorance before we had the knowledge of self. All the things that we did and didn't realize how much damage we were doing because we were ignorant. So we're trying to make up for that now by paying it forward and trying to be the advocates of change, the voices of correction. We're trying to be the standard bearers for life and life more abundantly. How is that? By surviving. See, you can't live until you survive. Whatever is going on is stages of growth and development, like Brother Yusuf always speaks about. You know, it's like education and religion. You know, you act upon the knowledge based upon where you are at the time. And if you keep living, then you will continue to grow and develop and mature into something that you could never understand what it is. That's one of those things you just have to keep living in order for it to happen. God willing, you are not the same individual today that you were last year this time. God willing, there's been growth and development and progress with us all. And time becomes the judge as to whether our decisions were right or on time or wrong and have to be corrected. Time is the great emancipator. Time is the great judge. So, you know, this is a long-winded greeting, I know, but that's just because I'm so full and so glad to be able to be on the airwaves with you this week because there is somewhere, someone who was with us last week who is not with us this week. That's just the nature of things. That's just, you know, as the song said in The Lion King, that's how the circle of life goes. Brother Yusuf. Thank you so much, Brother Rudolph. Oh, wow. When you talk about time, and, of course, we get into the lyrics, as I opened up earlier with uh, If I Can Help Somebody As I Pass Along. Speaking about standing on the shoulders of the elders, the gospel song. If I can help somebody with a word or song, if I can help somebody if they're traveling wrong, then my living 
shall not well, be in vain. But we talk about all genres, all genres here in terms of music. You know, I mentioned earlier, Brother Rudolph, about our narrative and conversation and engagement might not be the sexiest talk show, but as right. our dear brothers said in Black Street, you excuse me, Black Sheep, you can get with this or you can get with that. I'm going to get with this because this is where it's at. Where is that? That's right. And so as I listen to you about the importance of time and timing, you know, for those who study the Bible, I believe it's in the book of Ecclesiastes, maybe the third chapter or so. And, And, you know, I'm paraphrasing. It talks about for every season there's a reason. A time to live, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to plant, a time to harvest, you know, a time to reap, a time to sow, a time to dance, and a time to refrain from dancing. So time is important. I'm sorry, Brother Yusuf. There's a verse, there's a verse in there that people like to gloss over, too, because they don't like this one. It says there's a time to be born and it's time to die. It's the time to live and it's the time to kill. Yeah. Ah, kill. Go ahead. Yeah. That's right. No, I just want to throw that so out timing. there. Go ahead, no, it's okay because I'm going to take you from the Bible to the Holy Quran, Surah or chapter 103. It says, by the time, surely man is in loss, except yeah. those who believe and do good. And enjoying one another to truth and enjoying and one another to patience. So yes. that's the scripture on time. But to the lyrics, you know, uh, Brother Rudolph, there used to be a group named Chicago. Right. They still may be performing, but they had a lyric about time, and it, it stated as such, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? So that's one way to look at time. Then there was another group out of Chicago named Earth, Wind, and Fire. And they had a lyric in one of their songs called In the Stone, and it comes right out of the scripture. Shout out to the elders. Shout out to those who are seasoned. Shout out to the pioneers. Their lyric in In the Stone says, time will witness what the old folks say. Yes, sir. Mm. That's right. You see? Mm. So then then um, there was a group of poets. Some of them were from Chicago. Some of them were from New York called the Last Poets. Marcy Projects. And they had a lyric that said, you better get right at this time while the time is good. For it might not be no next time. So as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has warned us, you know, we're not going to be saying final call forever. Right. There comes a time where you won't have time to prepare. And so we thank you for tuning into this program because at least you're making a step toward bettering yourself, getting in tune with the time. So I thank you, yes, Brother sir. Rudolph, for bringing that up because as I, I you. 
you know, when you talk about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he too is in Chicago, but that's no mystery. We already right. know. Right. He's been there since the departure of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1977 when Almighty God blessed him and others to help re- rebuild the nation of that's Islam. Right. But let me quote what we oftentimes quote here of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan the time and what must be done. He says, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. Yes, sir. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disaster. And we know that scripture, many of us are familiar with wars and rumors of war, you hear it on the news every day. Yes, yes. Pestilence. COVID-19 <clears throat> is a pestilence. Yes. From well, heaven. Evidence. What comes after pestilence? Famine. Many <clears throat> of the supplies that are coming in terms of international import and export are stuck out in the Pacific Ocean. Right. Pestilence. These are not just words coming, black ink on a paper, white piece of paper saying it's the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. These are warnings that are prophecy that are right in our face. Real more, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Don't let us say to you, you mean to tell me you can't see the forest for the trees? Wow. You mean to tell me that we're hidden in plain sight, like it says in the book of Isaiah, like a voice crying out in the wilderness? In the wilderness. Make straight a desert for our Lord. We're trying to warn you. Yes, there are sir. things that we must do. So let's get to the solutions base, you know. Whether you accepted to take the vaccines or not, whether you believe that Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, BioNTech, and whoever's creating the boosters is best for you or not, I think we all agree, no matter what side you're on in reference to the vaccines, that we need to eat better. We need to be concerned about our physical fitness better. Yeah. And, you know, we used to have, and it's been a minute, but when we had our dear brother, who's a part of the National Association of Black Farmers, our dear brother, Brother Barry Crumlin. Brother Barry. Right. He used to tell us, stay away from crap. 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 This is how to eat to live, right? Stay away from crap. As an acronym, C-R-A-P, CRAP, C meaning carbonated drinks and caffeine. 
That's right. The the aura standing for refined sugar. Sugar, yes. The A represents additives and alcohol. Alcohol, yes. P represents preservatives and processed and processed foods. foods. We remember Dr. Ali Muhammad used to say if a if a food product you're buying from the store has an ISO bar on it, it's not really food. <laughs> it's right. food like products. Right. So this is something we can all do, brothers and sisters. Whether you have an office job sitting in an office chair, you can get some exercise. Whether you go outside and let the vitamin D, the sun rays, uh, uh, increase your vitamin D, you can walk around the block. Right. Whether you put right. a two-and-a-half-pound or five-pound wrist uh, dumbbell in your hand or on your wrist, you can do curls with that. That's right. So there are things we can do, brothers and sisters, and we don't need to point at anybody because, as the elders used to say, when you point one finger towards somebody else, you actually have three more pointing back point at back yourself. At you. So this is disaster awareness for community preparedness. We want to give you solutions. Stay away from the crap. Crap. Carbonated drinks, caffeine, R, refined sugar, A, the additives and alcohol, P, the preservatives and processed foods. I know you're not going to stay away from the alcohol. I know you're not because you know the history of us following the Europeans in the European holidays. It just oh, meant for man. the slaves the day right off. Now. Right. And all they did was mimic the slave master who got drunk on holiday <laughs> and was festive. And they gave us the day off. They took our names. They took our mores. They took our ways of devotion. But after they stripped us in those 64 hidden years from 1555 to 1619, now we acting like them. What? Master, right. we got a day off? We getting drunk too, and so look at us in twenty twenty one. We getting high on Halloween and everything in between. That rhymes. We getting high on Thanksgiving instead of giving thanks. We getting high on what come after that? Oh, Christmas, Christmas, Nimrod, the the winter solstice. How we getting high? We getting high on. New Year's, you know we getting high on New oh, Year's. Oh man, you know we getting high on New Year's. Huh? Come February, here come with this damn heart with an arrow through it. You in love, Valentine's Day? Right. Stop getting there. high off these pagan holidays. <laughs> Christmas, pagan <laughs> holiday, and then fast forward to Easter, where you don't know whether or not you want to tell your children to go find a chicken egg from a rabbit don't have a damn thing to do with what you're saying is it's resurrection day, that Jesus was raised on the third day and from Friday to Sunday is not three days. It's not 72 hours. Stop it. Away from the crap. Let me get off of this. That's the point. How to eat to live. If you took the vaccines or not, there's some viable alternatives to help Build your immune system. Yeah. I mentioned the sun, vitamin D. That's right. That's right. 
immune boosters, good nutrition, sun, fresh air, exercise, vitamin D3, vitamin C, quercetin, zinc, antiviral and antiseptics for prevention and treatment, ivermectin for the humans. Don't believe the okey-doke that the media is only saying, and they're saying it's slick as if it's only for animals. No. Right. For human beings as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Other antiviral and antiseptics, prevention and treatments. Nigella satavia, which is the black cumin seed. You know, you heard in our community about the black oil seed that has that right. black cumin seed in it. The Nigella satavia, and I pray I'm pronouncing it properly. And the other antiseptic, believe it or not, is mouthwash. We're not promoting any brand, but get the mouthwash that tastes nasty. That's the best one for you. Right. Get that Listerine. I personally use the old school Listerine, the brown one. The brown one. Ah. You see what I'm saying? So, look. You know, it's burning away. I told you all my profession was in the fire service. We got the man with the master plan from the land of Gracie Gracie. Got over 30 years of emergency medical services. Let me hand this back over to my dear brother as we okay. move forward. It's 4.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead, Brother Rudolph. The floor is yours, brother. Oh, man, we staying right there, brother. Yusuf, we staying right there. We talking about the, the things that you can do wherever you are, regardless of your choice to take the vaccine or not to take it, you will still be impacted by this pestilence. But, you know, one of the vitamins, Brother Yusuf talked about going outside and getting that vitamin D simply by walking in the sunshine. There's a, uh, there, there are the lyrics to a song, Brother Yusuf. I think that was uh, in the, in the, um, in the late eighties, you know, it said, it said, I gotta get away. I got to get away now. I got to walk into the sun. I'll be walking in the sunshine. Yeah. Sunshine. <laughs> right. And then we're talking about yes, the benefit sir. of vitamin C. Vitamin C, what is that? It's one of the safest and most effective nutrients, you know, that you can do. Uh, you know, it, though, you know, there's conversation on both sides. Some say it is. Some say it's not the cure for the common cold. But, you know, what you cannot deny are the benefits of vitamin C on and in the human body. Okay? What are some of the benefits? Vitamin C may include the protection against the immune system deficiencies that each of our bodies have by all of the um, crap put into our bodies and destroy our bodies on a daily basis. Yes, yes. The cardiovascular disease, vitamin C helps with that. Prenatal health problems, vitamin C helps with that. Eye disease and skin wrinkling, vitamin C helps with that. Oh, man, vitamin C is a heck of a thing 
that, you know, you can take and we can take to help us to just do a little better and have a little immunity from Mm. what's going on. Vitamin C is known as ascorbic acid. And, you know, you can get it very easily, just simply, simply um, by eating citrus fruits. It's very easy. You know, what is the best form of vitamin C? (laughs) Well, you know, it depends on who you talk to. It depends on how many shares in the company they have, you know. The, uh, so you can debate back and forth about what the best form is. The, 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 the bottom line is just get it, whether you get it from a tablet, whether you get it from a powder, whether you get it from a natural food source. You know, it doesn't matter. Just get some vitamin C into your diet. Okay, and you can go on the Internet. I'm not trying to teach anybody anything that they don't already know. They taught us this back in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade about the benefits of vitamin C. So, you know, I'll just leave it with that. You talked about the vitamin D. We're going through the alphabet, you know, because there are 26 letters in the alphabet and there's a vitamin or a mineral that's attached to everyone. Remember that periodic chart that we used to uh, talk about in science and how it was arranged and it had uh, those special uh, um, characteristics in each box. told you how many protons and electrons and neutrons. It gave you the scientific um, abbreviation of what it was, and we had to memorize it to know what each one um, and, and, uh, uh, stood for. And we never thought that it would ever come in handy. Why are we learning this? I don't want to be a scientist. I want to be an athlete. Why am I having to learn about the periodic chart and about chemistry and about biology? Well, you, we are chemistry and we are biology. And that's why we had to learn about it. We need to know the effects of vitamin E on the body. You spoke about vitamin D3. We need to learn about the D-complex vitamins, and that's a whole family of vitamins right there when you're talking about the bees um, and what they do. But the main thing, to keep it short, keep it simple, keep it sweet. And, you know, as we say, Brother Yusuf, in our profession, kiss that mnemonic. Kiss. Yes. Keep That's right. Stupid. Yes. And, and we're not calling anybody stupid here. Uh, right. I'm actually talking about myself. I, I, I'm poking fun at me. I'm trying to keep it simple so I can remember. Not trying to dazzle anyone with, you know, fancy words or terminology, but you just have to remember that every vocation has vernacular that is germane to that particular vocation. Well, growing up in the emergency medical service and, you know, get it, devoting at least the last, at least 45 years consciously of my life to the emergency medical services, 
Um, it's taught me a few things. And, you know, I have to give a shout-out to my dad. May Allah be pleased with him. Um, That's right. You know, uh, the great commander, James Rocky Robinson, a black man from North Carolina who grew up in the Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn and went to the public school system, through the public school system in Brooklyn. And he went to Long Island University and became a physician's associate, but decided he didn't like what was going on on the wards in the hospital. So he decided after he had his degree, after he had graduated from physician associate school, he decided to go back to the ambulance division and he wanted to work on the street, on the ambulances in the community. So now you have, for the first time, a school graduated, educated um, uh, uh, um, person meeting you at your door from you calling 911 from something happening. And of course, the usual things happen. You know, his coworkers, they, you know, say, oh, look at him. He thinks he's somebody because he went to school. He thinks he's somebody trying to teach somebody something. Man, just get with the program. The slogan back then for EMS was, you call, we haul. That's all it was. But now here's this guy here using a stethoscope. The stethoscope was a piece of equipment that you used to hang around your neck to make people think that you knew something about medical, and they would trust you enough to give you their loved ones. Now, this guy is actually putting it in his ears and talking about listening to lung sounds, listening to a heartbeat, and trying to, you know, take a person's pulse and calculate how many times the heart is beaten in 60 seconds. He's talking about the effect diseases on the body and what a person needed to do. He's trying to stop the bleeding because we only have about six liters of blood in our bodies, and he knew that it was vitally important to try and keep as much of it inside as possible. So when a person was bleeding out, he knew to pack that wound, put direct pressure on it, elevate it if necessary, and get that person to the nearest appropriate 911 facility. Then he starts teaching in the community, teaching people about diabetes and about high blood pressure, and about heart disease, and other things. And then he decided to start teaching people how to do CPR, and because, the, like Brother Yusuf said, his father taught him the life you save may be your own. So he's teaching community people now how to help themselves and to help their neighbors by knowing how to restart a heart once it has stopped, how to circulate oxygen-rich blood through a lifeless body, pushing on the chest, forcing that oxygen-rich blood out of the heart through the litany of arteries to get to the different organs of the body. But mainly, why do we do CPR? To keep brain cells alive until help arrives. How do we do CPR? chest compressions, and ventilations. 
Well, there's sometimes you don't know this individual, so you don't want to put your mouth on their mouth. That's fine. You can always do something. What can you do, though? All right? So you can't give them mouth to mouth because they got vomit in their mouth. You can't give them mouth to mouth because there's so many communicable diseases out here and you don't know what they have and you don't have a barrier. You can't give them mouth to mouth because you don't want to take anything home that you didn't leave with other than groceries, as we say. But what can you do? You can push on the center of their chest. You can push hard and push fast and force that oxygen that's trapped in the body that was left there when they took their last breath, so to speak. It's 21% oxygen in room air, and we all breathe 21% oxygen at the same exact time. It can be 75 of us in a little small room, and we all are still alive because we breathe in that 21% oxygen, and we exhale exhale, uh, 16% CO2, which is that same oxygen with a molecule of carbon attached to it. And we'll talk about what the carbon footprint is later. Just know that carbon is like the byproduct of breathing, breathing, or it's like the waste product that comes from breathing. So you exhale 16% CO2. Well, in your exhaled air, there's enough oxygen there for three people to live. Why? Because if you, now this is mathematics, here we go, and we're not talking about any calculus or high-grade math formulas. We are talking about basic arithmetic subtraction is 21% oxygen in room air. We inhale 21%. We exhale 16%. What's left? 5%. Well, at any given time, there's 5% oxygen trapped in the human body. Well, if you just circulate that oxygen-rich blood, that 5% in the human body, you can keep brain cells alive until help arrives. And if you can do that by the grace and, and mercy of our wonderful creator, then there's a chance that that person can come back to life if CPR is started within 10 seconds, if they do not interrupt CPR once they start it for more than 10 seconds, if um, early defibrillation uh, comes into play within one to two minutes of that person getting CPR and actually going down, and if ALS or advanced life support is involved within one to three minutes, meaning they get there and they're able to administer certain medications or drugs into the system to assist the heart with beating and to assist with the circulatory process. And then getting that person to a higher medical care facility or an emergency room where a staff will be on, will be awaiting 
at the door when the ambulance pulls in. And I know you've seen it on TV a lot of times. Some of you may have seen it in real life that they're bringing the stretcher in and somebody is like a cowboy riding side saddle on the stretcher and he's doing chest compressions as they wheel the body in to the emergency room and they take them into a side room somewhere and it's a team of white coats that come riding in, and then if you look through the window, it's stuff flying all over the room. Syringes are floating, and uh, 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 um, bandages are being thrown, and clothing is being ripped off, and stuff is going, and you're looking at chaotic rhythms on the monitor, and you're hearing people yelling and screaming and doing all kinds of things. What are they doing? They're fighting frantically to restore life to a dead body. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, but the one thing that is for certain, if you never do anything, that person will remain dead. But oh, if you do something and you do something in a timely fashion, the miracle of life can be that you are the one that the great almighty architect of the universe decides to smile upon that day, and it will be by your hand that life will be restored to that dead body. And, oh, what a feeling it is to be one that is responsible for a person who was dead to now take another breath and to wake up and open their eyes and take an inhale some of this 21% oxygen, one that was a couple of minutes ago, is now sitting up, talking now, or their eyes are blinking, their heart is beating on its own, and once again, they get to embrace their loved ones, they get to eat another meal, they get to expound on a question when a few minutes ago, they couldn't do any of that, but you are the one that's blessed by Almighty God Allah, to be a key factor in that going on. Why? Because you decided, you dared to give a damn. You dared to do something rather than just stand there, stand on the sidelines and watch life just go by. So get involved in this life in which we live. And, yes, you keep watching the news and you keep watching all of these negative things that are coming out, all of this propaganda, yes, you're being inundated and flooded with the negative side of every story. Yes, you're being um, pounded and and compounded on with all the negative vicissitudes of life. But don't be a cheerleader on the sideline. Get into the game. Be the sixth man off the bench that you come into the game and, pow, you score that three-pointer and give your team uh, something to rally about. You are sent into the, onto the field, and you give that block that gives that running back an extra four or five yards to get the ten yards, not the whole nine. He gets the ten yards to get the down so you get a fresh set of downs. Or you're coming in out of the penalty box skating on the ice and you get a chance to slap that puck through the uh, goal at the other end, giving your team another point. Or you're running in off the side, and you're the striker that gets to kick the ball. And this is European football. 
you know, kick the ball down the, the field and one of your teammates then bats it in to the other person's goal and you get another point. You know, you're a part of a team effort. There is no I in team, but there's definitely a me, but that me has to be willing to get out there and do something. So, as again, as I was talking about my father who decided to start a black volunteer ambulance corps in a community where they had never had it before. Well, that's the way all things happen until someone gets the gumption, the cojones, the, the will to do something that was never before done. It will never be a reality. But, oh, if you make it a reality, yes, it's a hard road. But, again, the way the moral arc of the universe is long, but it leans toward justice. If you start something, if you believe in it enough and have enough faith in yourself and in the and, and become a student and a master of the process, you will attract resources to yourself. Well, you won't attract it to it, but the positive vibrations that you're sending out, the universe then sends help to you. And those who are, have like minds like you then assimilate together. And now the, uh, 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 the, um, the energies from them and from you begin to be like a tidal wave rolling down. And if you can harness that energy and keep that momentum going, you can change a life forever. There are over 500 doctors in the medical field now that at one point were not doctors. They were just little children running through the streets of the neighborhood, but they saw that ambulance corps without the ambulance sometimes. They saw those grown men with their sneakers on, with the backpacks on their backs, running through the neighborhood with their radios looking like modern-day ghostbusters, running save someone's life. And they thought that it was cool. And so they started coming down to that little trailer, and there they learned CPR. They learned the choking procedure. They learned first aid. They learned to become a first responder who is the first one on the scene when something has happened. And that first responder is you. That first responder is the one who gets on the scene and confirms the scene so that the larger system of health knows where to come. That first person on the scene that does maneuvers to um, do life-saving maneuvers, they simply do a head tilt chin lift and raise a person's head up so that they can breathe and get some air for themselves. They are the first person on the scene that puts direct pressure over a place where blood is spouting out of a person's body to keep it in their body to help their organs do their job. That first person that's on the scene that confirms that there is help needed at this location and they do life-saving maneuvers and they prevent the person from getting any worse. Yes, the first responder's job is to confirm the incident to do life-saving maneuvers, and to prevent further injury. And so you are the first responder until help arrives. You can be that. It takes a little training, but it takes a whole lot of will. 
but it can be done. And when that happens, then the next leg of the uh, chain link of survival kicks in, and that's the EMS, the Emergency Medical Service. Service, a system, a group, a conglomerate of people working together on different levels. So you have the EMT, who is the first level, the basic life support person that's going to come and administer oxygen, that's going to stabilize them, and that's going to protect them until the paramedic comes, the EMTP. They're going to start an IV, get some fluids in the person, and administer certain drugs that's going to help that person's system. And then they're going to get them to the emergency room where the EMD, the emergency medical doctor or the emergency medical physician or that team that's in the emergency room will come down and then the anesthesiologist will come and anesthetize the person and help them deal with and ease up some of that pain off of them. And then you have the respiratory therapist that will come and deal with their ability to process the oxygen that they're breathing in and then the carbon dioxide that they're getting out of the body. And then the physicians that will come and see whatever the system is that's being ill-affected, and they will then be able to help guide the body back to a form of healing and health. And this is a team effort again, but that's what happens, and that can happen every day in our community if you dare to do something positive. Brother Yusuf said, you make toward God, he'll make two toward you. God use, comes to man, through man, for the benefit of man. Brother Yusuf. Beautiful, Brother Rudolph. Beautiful. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, but we used to say back in the day, Brother Rudolph, paint the picture, paint the picture. Brother, your illustration of, you know, uh, resuscitating a person, that point was so beautiful in your illustration that for me it just makes me want to reiterate to our listening audience the need for you, if you do not know it now, to take a step toward learning basic first aid, toward learning cardio, pulmonary resuscitation or CPR, toward learning how to uh, 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 extract a foreign object if someone is choking. Because if the truth be told, you know, a lot of us are going to sit down at the table next week, whether you honor Thanksgiving or whether or not you just want to be around your family. And if someone starts choking, one of your loved ones, you feel almost naked and vulnerable that you don't know how to extract that object. Right. Or if somebody goes down or gets injured, you know, children are always playing at a family gathering and run the risk of hurting themselves, although they're easier to bounce back than if an elder trips and falls. So we need to just know the basics, the LOCs, not just the local organizing committees, but the levels of consciousness. We need to know the fundamentals, ABCs, how to keep the airway, the breathing, and the circulation sustained until more professional help. 
can arrive. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for that beautiful, beautiful lesson that you gave. I just gave the basic one. And then when you start talking about the different sports and being a team player, you made me want to jump out my seat and say, let me in the game, coach. Let me in the game. You know what I mean? Let me prove what I've practiced. And that's what it's all about with disaster awareness for community preparedness. Practice. Alan Iverson would say, practice? You mean practice? Well, it helps when it comes to game time. Trust and believe when it comes to disaster preparedness for community, disaster awareness, pardon me, for community uh, preparedness. Now, also, you mentioned our dear brother, may Allah be pleased with him, Brother Commander James Rocky Robinson, your father, and all the work he did with the Bed-Stuy Ambulance Corps in Brooklyn. Started humble, but it grew to something that is recognized not only in the metropolitan area of New York, not only in the state of New York, not only nationally, but internationally. That's right. As you and many of your colleagues were dispatched to Haiti after right. the earthquake, you know, I believe it was in 2010. 2010. Yes, sir. So I wanted to give a shout-out to him as we have mentioned the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Brother Barry Crumley, Commander James Rocky Robinson, when you talked about group dynamics in sports, it reminded me of my son. May Allah be pleased with both of them. That uh, his mantra used to be, yo, pops, you got to know your personnel. As he was a basketball coach and a football coach, you got to know your personnel because the people who start the game may not be the best personnel to use at the end of the game. Right. So it's just group dynamics. Again, it's about community investment, community involvement, and community partnership. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for laying that base. And you know how you get me. You start talking about the sunshine and in the 80s. Yes, sir. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> my life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. In the sunshine. That's, yes, my little, that's my little Roy Ayers rendition. And <laughs> shout out to Sister Mary J. Blige, who did her own rendition of that song, right? But, um, you know, it's critically important that we give respect where it's due, whether they're living or whether they have transitioned. We wouldn't be here today, Brother Rudolph and I, as humble as we strive to be, were it not for those on whose shoulders we stand and on whose wings we fly. That's Uh, right. I want to to read regress in terms of those of you who may want to do a little more research on the COVID-19 practice steps for self-care and what to do to protect yourself, you can go to NOI.org forward slash the letter C and the number 19. Also, for detailed information, to visit the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, which, you know, the HTTPS colon two forward slash 
go to COVID19CriticalCare.com. Again, that's COVID19CriticalCare.com. And lastly, as we talked about in the first hour, as we're 20 minutes into our closing hour, we talked about the importance of time. And we certainly have to give credit to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, who told us our God-given immune system is the best defense against COVID-19 in the book, How to Eat to Live, Volumes 1 and 2. He said, and I quote, if we eat the proper food and eat at the proper time, that word time again, the food will keep us living a long, long time, unquote. And you know, Brother Rudolph, uh, I've been studying this book, my dear brother. We certainly want to lift his name up, Dr. Ridgely Abdul Mukmeen Muhammad. Yes, sir. Who is the manager over Muhammad Farms in Brownwood, Georgia. He has a book entitled, and he wrote it, it was published in 2010. But it's a very detailed book about how to put the seed in the ground to grow your own food. The book is entitled The Science and Business of Farming versus the art and hobby of gardening. So one might say, well, is there's a difference between the science and business of farming, in other words, agribusiness, right. versus the art and hobby of gardening. There's a difference, but the bottom line is we all need to, again, this being a solutions-based program, if you have not done so, no matter where you live, consider putting a seed in some soil to begin growing your own food. And, of course, wherever you live, you have to do that which is conducive to you. We told you to stay away from crap, but we also telling you to do for self. Right. Learn how to eat to live. Put a seed in the ground, and as the Bible says, some may water the seed, some may plant the seed, but it is God who gives increase. So once you begin growing your own food, whether it's a garden or whether it's a pot with one plant in it, it also will increase your faith in the creator that you'll be blessed to see the seed germinate, go down, develop roots. Before the shoot goes up, the roots must go down. That's right. And what a yes, blessing sir. that is to be able to witness that. So I wanted to share that because in the introduction of Dr. Ridgely's book, he gives you the quote from the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he said, Minister Farrakhan told me to tell you that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, quote, the farm is the engine of our national life. Unquote. He goes on to write, the engine of our nation is what pushes the nation forward. Without the farm, we are lost. Without agriculture, we have nothing. Because of the bad treatment under slavery, 
and under the sharecropping system, our elders left the land seeking a better life in the cities. They left with a bad taste in their mouth so that when schemes were fashioned to take the land from them, they did not put up a real fight. They took the little money and let the land go. Well, I'm going to fast forward in this introduction because uh, Dr. Ridgely, as well as Brother Barry, are members of the Black Farmers and Agriculturalists Association. And he sort of ended this introduction in this book entitled The Science and Business of Farming Versus the Art and Hobby of Gardening. In his conclusion of the introduction, he says, we give the equation. Brother Rudolph talked about mathematics. Knowledge plus land plus capital equals power. I'm going to say it again. Dr. Ridgely writes, we give the equation. Knowledge plus land plus capital equals power. He goes on to write, during the first 45 years after slavery, black people used the land and its products to develop a nation within a nation in the South. Blacks were buying land, creating inventions, manufacturing products, building schools, hospitals, and homes, setting up banks, and insurance companies. When America had the first national census in 1900 and followed it up in 1910, America got frightened over our development. So frightened were they that they lynched us, bombed us, and legislated us out of business. And those of us who know the history of our communities when after the Reconstruction period, the blacks had more at Rosewood, Florida, Tulsa, Oklahoma, just to name a few of the 20 to 40 cities or communities that blacks had their own government, if you will, right. doing yes, for sir. self. So that's my point to take what Brother Rudolph said so beautifully for us to consider going to wherever you need to go to. I mentioned it earlier, your local fire department, your American Red Cross, the CERT teams. You can go to any black organization that might be teaching uh, basic first aid, CPR. However you get the technique down, the knowledge the information, let's do it, brothers and sisters. Time is of the essence, and the life you save may be your own. As we move toward the last half hour, I have to say, out of the book How to Eat to Live, whether it's volume one or volume two, we must really understand the critical healing Factors that are in the Navy bean. Yes. Y'all know the Navy bean, that pea-sized beans that are creamy white in color. 
mild-flavored beans that are dense and smooth, that have the nutrients that increase fiber, folate, copper, manganese, phosphorus, vitamin B1, protein, iron, magnesium. What? Yeah. You mean to tell me this one little small bait, uh, navy bean has these health benefits? Yeah. They are an excellent source of cholesterol-lowering fiber, as are most other beans. In addition to lowering the cholesterol, the navy bean's high fiber content prevents blood sugar levels from rising right. too rapidly after a meal making these beans an especially good choice for individuals with diabetes, insulin resistance, or hypoglycemia. The fiber is an all-star in the Navy bean. As was mentioned, it could lower your heart attack risk. It can give you energy to burn while stabilizing your blood sugar. That's right. It can increase your iron for energy. The copper and manganese in it will help you more with energy production plus the antioxidant defenses. It helps you to maintain your memory with the thiamine or the vitamin B1. Protein power plus. Well, brothers and sisters, you can find how to cook it how to prepare it, the healthiest way to prepare and cook it, and how to eat the live. Volume 1 and Volume 2, and certainly we want you to enjoy, enjoy understanding the beautiful individual and collective benefits of it, the nutritional profile. It's just so much to it. And since our dear brother brother Rudolph is a veteran of the U.S. Navy, the reason why they called it the Navy Bean is because it got its popular name because of the staple food That's of right. the United States Navy in the early 20th century. Yes, Dry Navy beans are available year-round and prepackaged containers as well as bulk bins. But guess what? You can grow it yourself. However, I just wanted to share that with you, drop a little, you know, nugget as we go into the last 30 minutes. Again, this is not a monologue from Brother Rudolph and myself. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to press 1 on your phone pad so we can entertain your questions, your comments, or your concerns. Brother Rudolph? Mm, Yeah, man, we're going to stay right there talking about this Navy bean, brother, man, you got me hungry right now. I could go for a bowl of it right now, brother. But, you mm-hmm. know, for all of our nutrition-conscious people out there, all of our nutritionists, our people that like to work out and, you know, like to count the calories and the carbs, just know that one cup dried Navy beans, 104 grams, okay, is 70 calories. That's all it is. 70 calories. Oh, a total fat of 0.7 grams. Yeah, saturated fat of 0.1 gram. 
there's no cholesterol in it, 14 milligrams of sodium, 319 milligrams of potassium, 14 grams of total carbohydrate, and 6 grams of protein. Oh, man, that is a compact uh, uh, nutritional boost for the body right there. And then, you know, the fact that it has 32% uh, vitamin C, 11% iron, 10% vitamin B6, 26% magnesium. Man, that, you know, and then when you add whatever else you're going to add to it, the the, uh, the uh, vegetables that you're going to add to it, it just becomes that that thing, you know. That Heaven on earth. You know, we say, you know how we say how we say it in the neighborhood. Lauren Hill said it better in the song. That thing, that thing, that thing. <laughs> yeah, everybody that come from the hood know what we mean when we say that thing. You don't have to talk no more about it. We say, yo, what you got? What, you, what, you got that? You got that? Yeah, I got that. I got that. Yeah. So yeah, that's what the Navy B represents. But I, I, I was getting a little. Sidetrack, brother, you, sir. I, I digress. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know what? When you're talking about that, that, and you were talking about the garden and the growing of food, you know, I got to give a shout-out to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Sister Asiya Muhammad, because, Go ahead. you know, when I bought this building that we live in, you know, it, 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 it's a it, – it's a um, it's a house. That's what it was. It was a place to shelter the family, you know. It had nothing more than that. It was just a house. But she turned this thing into a home. Man, yeah. I know what Luther Vandross was talking about now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Man, brother, when 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 we got slammed with this uh, COVID uh, thing in this quarantine, man. To be able to sit out in my backyard in the summertime with my cup of coffee, because, you know, I ain't doing nothing without my cup of coffee, brother. And, you know, to <laughs> put it on the little nightstand next to the uh, recliner chair that she prepared in the backyard for me, surrounded by the ferns that she planted in order to um, help defray and extract the radiation out of a field in our backyard where we could go and sit and relax and be in a radiation-free zone because she knew what what, what flowers and plants to uh, put in the ground in a certain area to create a perimeter around the house that is what we call, you know and I, what we call in this field a safe zone. Yeah, so Beautiful. we go out there for about 30 minutes a day and able to soak up the rays of the sun to get that vitamin D in that safe zone. And we're able to, you know, drink some water, drink some coffee, whatever, just sit and talk in the safe zone. You always got to have a safe. Remember uh, the, 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 the show The Wire? Remember Bunny? The, uh, uh, the police uh, uh, commissioner, he, he was talking about creating Copenhagen. It, it, what was that? It was a safe 
zone, where he would allow them That's to right. sell the drugs and do whatever they wanted to do in that safe zone in order to get it away from the rest of society. You're always looking for a safe zone. If there's a fire or there's an emergency or something, that's ground zero, and that's the hot zone. And then you have to come out of the hot zone into the warm zone, and then you come from the warm zone to the cold zone. And then when you leave the cold zone, where are you going to the safe zone? You've got to have a safe zone in order for you to relax, to revive, to recuperate so that you can get ready to do whatever the next phase is going to be. So she created that in this house that's now become a home because she knew the science of gardening, the science of botany, the science of how to make a house a home because she is an ever student in that wonderful class called the MGNG. C, C, that class prepared by the God himself, where the curriculum they learn is everything that they need to know in order to take care of us, you know? Right. So, yes, also shout out, shout out to the MGT, wherever they may be, and the GCC, because they doing their thing, because they learning that thing so that they can deal with us with our thing, because we got that thing, too. Oh, boy, I got that thing. Why? Because we black men brought up out of the vicissitudes of life here in America. We black men that have come together um, in one shape or another, one shape or form or another, but what we brought with us was all the baggage of what happened to us prior to us having knowledge of self. So even though we have, say we have knowledge of self, we bring that crap with us. And then we have to be exercised out of that or get that crap exercised out of us in order to take a step forward to pre- present, prepare, and provide a safe zone for our children to then grow up in and children of like minds. So, you know, it's a process, family. It's a process. And much, much like what the Whispers called it, it's a love thing. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> the old thing talked about it. They said people all over the world join hands on the love train, the love train. Yeah, so they talked about that train that's moving through our community, going from point A to point B. Think about it the last time you got on. Well, I'm talking mainly to us on the East Coast, I guess, Brother Yusuf, because we're talking about the subway system. You know, you want to go from Coney Island to 205th Street in the Bronx. So at whatever point you got on the D train, okay, there were some stops before you, but you're not concerned with them stops before you. You're concerned with the stops that you're going to be on that train and whatever goes on there. But a whole lot of something that happened on that train from Coney Island to the Bronx. Well, you know, that's the way life is. Life was going before we even got here. And it will be going long after we're gone. But we need to focus on what are we going to do with the time that we have while we're in this thing called life. What positive 
then we leave for those who come behind us to know Brother Yusuf and Brother Rudolph was here at one time, one point or another. And all praises due to Allah, we have someone like Brother Jason, Brother Forrest Muhammad, Sister Yvette Muhammad and their family who provide these airwaves for us to be able to do this thing every Friday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where you and I can get together, like the scripture says, where there are two or three touching and agreeing on one accord. I will be in the midst also talking about the ever-loving, ever-subsisting, omnipresent, omnipotent God, the architect of the grand architect of the universe, the creator. He will be in the midst. So when you hear Brother Yusuf and I going through these soliloquies that we go through, expounding these exegesis of whatever we're talking about, they're not rehearsed. These ain't no scripts that we write down and we're uh, rehearsing. No, all praises due to Allah. We are allowing the creator to utilize us in order to get information out to you, his creation, because this is our sole desire is to be able to help you, his creation, get to a safe zone in this world that we're in. And, and, you know, let me just digress and say this. Family, it's hard out here, man. Ain't nobody trying to paint no picture that we ain't going through it, man. We going through it just like everybody else. The difference is we choose not to focus on the negative. We make a conscious choice to expound on the positive, to extract the good out of every situation so that when we extract it out, then we can jettison it into the environment. And once it's up there in the ethers, it will connect with other good thoughts and positive energy that are, that's in the atmosphere, and then it flows. You know, on, what the song said? On the wings of love, clouds. Yes, that's for real, brother. You know, when uh, um, it goes on current, there are jet streams that are out there that you and I can't see with the naked eye, but it takes things from places where it is to places where it should be. And that's the benefit of that little bee that the Holy Quran speaks of, the bee, the insect that is single-handedly responsible for the cross-pollination of the world. They take pollen from wherever they find it and deposit it in other places. And so you have different strands of flowers and, and plants in places where they never would have been if that old bee hadn't come by and done what it did. So stop swatting at the bee. Just be humble. Be still. Be quiet. Let the bee do what it's doing. It's not even bothering you unless you bother it. It wants to go somewhere, go somewhere else. Give the bee its opportunity to be. Allow it to be. And you be. Uh, yeah, just talking about the bee, Brother Yusuf. The bee. Yes, sir, Brother Yusuf. Yes, sir. Well, you know the bee creates that honey, brother. That's that healing that healing mm. bomb. There's a bomb in Gilead, right? There you go. the sin sick soul. There's a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. 
Those bees are critically important to the balance of the universe and the ecology. Leave those bees alone. Let them make that honey. It's for us. That's a food that never goes stale. That's what we want. We want the bees. Yeah, that's a healing device. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for bringing that up, beloved. All that you brought up. I mean, so much as we enter into the last 15 minutes of this week's program, again, we want to thank Black Hole Radio for giving us this opportunity. We don't say to you, be humble, if we're not humble ourselves. You see, we want to give you, as I said in the beginning, news with views you can use. We want to give you solutions, and then you make the choice. You make the decision. You know, if I could do a quick summary just of uh, that point I made in the beginning, how critically important it is and beautiful it is when you call someone, particularly an elder, give them a courtesy call. Give them a wellness check, whether it's an elder, a peer of yours, whether it's your family, your friends, or someone you haven't spoken to in years. Just give them a call and ask them, how, how, how are you feeling with all that's going on, as Brother Rudolph said? We realize, as they say in the street, times is hard on the boulevard. Okay, you so go, ask somebody fine. when you call them, how are you coping? You see, just to, just to feel where they're at, and, 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 and maybe no one has ever asked them that in this critical right. hour that we're living in. Then after you ask them how you're feeling, how you're coping, ask them, how are you managing? Times are hard on the boulevard, and you might want to consider asking them, what is your and your family's emotional state of mind? Right. Now, it helps helps if you have some balance with your emotional state of mind, (laughs) and all of us are at the crossroads every day, all of us. Nobody's immune to that. We're all at the crossroads. So it's critically important that we, one, uh, use as a barometer whatever we use to indicate what is our emotional state of mind before you ask someone else. But then when you ask them that, then do your best. To, to share with them resources that they may not have considered or something that has helped you along the way. That's all we're trying to do here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We also give you news with views you can use. When Brother Rudolph gave a shout-out to his wonderful wife, Sister Asiya, Muhammad, for all that she does to keep him balanced, I have to give credit where credit is due. My wonderful wife, who's also right. MGT, Sister Sharon Muhammad, yes, who sir, keeps me sister. balanced, you know. And uh, then Brother Rudolph and I are FOI, the Fruit of Islam, the name given to the military training of men who belong to Islam in North America and throughout the world. So part of the process is you'll never really run into us and we don't have a final call in our hand to offer it to you, to serve you. News with views you can use. As you may remember, last week we had the wonderful guest, 
former mayor of Flint, Michigan, Sister Dr. Karen Weaver, and our dear brother, Brother Captain, Francis Dennis Muhammad of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative Incorporated, and we were talking about overcoming the water crisis in Benton Harbor, amongst other things. But in that same edition of the Final Call newspaper, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan wrote a subject entitled Accepting Responsibility to Build Our Community. And so when you give someone a courtesy call or a wellness check call, you're accepting responsibility to build your community, whether you believe it or not. Now, we give you here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness other uh, uh, resources, references that you can look at at your own convenience, realizing the life we say may be your own. And as we talked about earlier, no matter what decision you have made as it relates to the virus, the vaccines, and the variant, as Brother Rudolph teaches us about those three V's. And don't forget the three W's, too. Continue to wear your mask, watch your distancing, and wash your hands. Yes, sir. So whether it's the V's or the W's, we give you uh, various resources. You know, the one I'm going to give in closing, well, I'm going to give two. One is an online periodical called The Defender. It's produced by Children's Health Defense, and it gives you news and views. And um, One of the uh, primary persons of this defender is Robert Kennedy, Jr. Right. And he just came out with a book. He just published a book that came out this week called The Real Anthony Fauci. (laughs) And so we just want you to be aware. I mean, if you go to Children's Health Defense, you can go in and see what I'm talking about. But other articles in this week's program is the top NIH. NIH stands for National Institute of Health. Unvaxxed. Scientists willing to lose job and license will argue against vaccine mandates in a live stream ethics review. Then there's another article entitled Kim Iverson Tackles. Y'all might have heard of the NFL quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers controversy. Yes, sir. Kim Iverson is calling out the NFL on natural immunity and vaccine segregation. Then there's an article on public health or private wealth, how digital vaccine passports pave way for unprecedented surveillance capitalism. I mean, these are articles you may want to be concerned about because you don't hear this or mainstream media. Then there's a few more articles. National Institutes of Health sued again for violating Freedom of Information Act. Two more articles in this 
particular edition. Mom says teen son got COVID vaccine at CVS out her consent. You got to watch our children as much as we watch whatever it is we watch on the idiot boxes, Brother Rudolph said earlier. And lastly, there's a Big Brother News Watch that says 11,000 Boeing employees have asked for exemption form from COVID vaccine mandate. So these are things that are going on that you may or may not have heard of. Again, if you go to the Children's Health Defense, the Defender is the name of their periodical, and you can uh, go into uh, more about that. And lastly, as we're at 5.53 p.m., Brother Rudolph, you know, as leaders, leaders have to be as much concerned about their self-care as the ones that they're attempting to lead. So according to the Idea Sister, shout out to Idea Sister, Dr. Anel Prim of the All Healers Mental Health Alliance, she says under self-care as leaders, it is imperative that we continue to pay attention to and invest in our own health and well-being in the realms of body, mind, and spirit in order to be at our best when we work to support our families and communities. So she sends you to this link, a helpful toolkit resource on self-care from the Community Healing Network and the Association of Black Psychologists. So if you go to www.theLettersABTSI for, of course, the Association of Black Psychologists, ABTSI.org, forward slash PDF, forward slash family community self-care toolkit dot PDF. I know I said a lot, but go to abpsi.org and forward slash family community self-care toolkit dot PDF and then bring you into uh what Dr. Anel Prim is saying is a helpful toolkit resource on self-care. And that, again, is from the Community Healing Network and the Association of Black Psychologists. So in these last five minutes, i let Brother Rudolph close us out. I just wanted to share that information with you. We pray that something we said was beneficial to you this evening and your family. We didn't have anyone call out, but, again, uh, I want to shout out another colleague of ours, friend of ours, Brother Rudolph, Brother Aton Edwards, oh, who yes, sir. wrote a book called Preparedness Now. And well, in it, he has an emergency survival manual that if we want to learn about what to put in our first aid kit, what to put in our personal items, to be concerned of copies of your identification and important documents, 
what tools and equipment you should consider. Protective gear, sanitation, communications, clothing, something to reduce stress, and the food. I know I'm going through it fast, but these are the basics, brothers and sisters, and I just wanted to share that before we closed out because it's certainly been a pleasure of mine to co-host and as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, can't you see what is happening to America? One-third of the American people say they believe that the change in the weather is fulfilling biblical prophecy of end times. So America, you must, if you are to survive, you must make a serious change to give America hope for an extension of time and even a future, unquote, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for allowing me to serve in this capacity as co-host. And as I began, of course, I always say at the end, I tried to get in, even with these words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. I leave you as I came before you with the greeting words of peace as we hand it over to our dear brother, Brother Rudolph. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. But before you go, Brother Yusuf, you, those were excellent pieces that you talked about in the news. Can you speak on really? You sent the article through to some of us about a doctor. I think it's in Norfolk, in Virginia. Um, that's, that's correct. Uh, going to war, that's going to war with the establishment over the use of ivermectin. Can you just speak on that real quick before we sign off? Well, yeah, you're right on it. In response to Sintera, which is the medical facilities, the hospitals around here, banning the use of certain medications uh, with that COVID, uh, uh, there's a Dr. Paul Marik, M-A-R-I-K, who filed a lawsuit against Sintera Healthcare because he's, you know, pro-ivermectin and wondering why, you know, Sintera is not uh, using that as a prevention mechanism. And so, um, brothers and sisters, trust and believe there's a lot going on relative to um, what we have shared with you in terms of uh, uh, immune boosters, if you will, prevention and antiviral uh, treatments. And so this is a doctor here in Norfolk that is suing right, uh, because they're saying Sintera does not endorse a list of COVID-19 treatments, including ivermectin, biocaltutamide, etoposide. These are all different medications, of course. Uh, I may be even pronouncing those things wrong, but, Brother Rudolph, yeah, that's the deal with that. If you go to uh, Sintera, uh, and Norfolk, you should be able to pull up the article. Um, let me see who wrote this article here. Investigations by uh, 13 News Now. 13, the number 13, 
News Now. And the article under investigation is entitled, Norfolk Doctor Seeking to Use Ivermectin, Other Medications, and Treat COVID-19, Sues Santerra. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for giving me that opportunity. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. And if any of you go to the Care Units page, you'll find that article on the Care Units page. I'm going to ask my wife to please get it posted on there, make sure it's on there before the evening is over. You need not just is he suing them for them not using it, but they go as far as to making it illegal, making it a crime. You as a person want to use it, and you and your physician decide that's what you want to use, it makes it illegal for them to assist you in getting it. So not only are they not using it and blocking it, they're making it a crime for you to get it, which lets you know that there's more to it than meets the eye. So I just want to urge everyone in these days, you know, that are coming. Yeah, the holidays are coming. Um, World Series just over. Basketball is is in effect. Football is in effect. But, um, you know, don't get uh, caught up in all of that and dissuade by all of that and not pay attention to what's going on, you know, around you and not on your behalf but to you in the news. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But, all right, yeah, you know, we're done. That's it. That's it for this week. As they used to say on Looney Tunes, that's all, folks, you know. But praise be to Allah, we were able to have this time together. As Carol Burnett said, I'm so glad we had this time together just to laugh and just to sing a song. It seems we just get started, but before we know it, comes the time when we must say so long. Assalamu alaikum, family. May Allah bless you. Have a productive week. Have a safe week. And inshallah, we will talk to you again next week, same time, same station. Disaster awareness for community preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Telephone, tell a friend. Bring someone with you next time. We love you. Let's pray for each other, and let's stay safe. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra-Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.